0: Mike, what's going on? Hey, David. I, uh, I just got my square card in the mail this week. Um, if you were able to see us on video, you'd see that I have uh, my initials on the card with a little lightning bolt. So it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty good experience. It came in a nice little letter. Um, but I haven't been able to add any, any cash on it yet. My bank keeps declining uh, <laughs> adding cash to the card. So I haven't used it yet. Yeah, I had the same
1: issues actually. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll shoot you a couple bucks, you can head to the coffee shop and test out the uh
0: the perks. That's a good idea. It's a good point. I think I don't know if we've really seen um and I know Venmo is competing in this space as well, but I don't know if we've seen too many cards associated with uh sending money between your friends. So it's a great point. I, I was thinking, you know, basically if you've listened to some previous episodes, we've been talking about this cash debit card um from the company Square. And, uh, I just got mine in the mail, but I've been unable, like you have been to add any money on it, but I forgot you could just send me money too. Um, Mm. so that's, that's pretty cool. It's it's basically like if you had Venmo, but you had a debit card that also synced with your Venmo. Um, so anyways, I will report back when I get that up and running. Um, and I start using some of those boosts for local coffee shops and for uh, whole foods.
1: Yeah. And the cool thing, and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but you can switch the boost. Um, I think there's like a two or so hour, like, uh, pause or restriction where you can't change it, but you know, I've done a Chipotle and a Starbucks in the same day. So it's dang.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in, uh, per usual, this show new money, uh, it's not financial advice. It is purely a discussion about the different investing savings, uh, money management opportunities that exist, uh, and are coming online today because there's just hundreds, if not thousands of companies now competing in this finance space. I think it's a really exciting time for everyday investors, not just the ultra wealthy. Um, even if you have 50 to 100 bucks to save or invest per month, um, or you want to move your money around in a, in a different way. Um, there's just so many products coming out. And so new money is, is Mike and myself hopping on, discussing what we're seeing in the market, uh, highlighting a product. And uh, talking about our experiences because we're trying to sign up for all these things. We're getting the, the cards, we're signing up for accounts, and, and we're testing it out ourselves. So, today we have another fun show. We will be discussing Fundrise, which is uh, effectively crowdfunding for real estate. We'll get into that product. Uh, Mike's been using it a bit. Then, we're gonna talk about perk programs being built into companies, specifically tech companies. Um, a few other sites we've seen, Co. another uh, debit card we've seen pop up called Tri Point Card, um, and then the ever-mysterious Facebook crypto. We're going to talk about that a little bit at the end of the show. So uh, let's, uh, let's kick things off by getting into Fundrise, uh, the the product. You've been kind of playing around with it. What's, your, what's been your experience, and, and maybe what's the, the basic overview as the way you understand it in and, and signing up?
1: Yeah, so Fundrise is a way to get um – Exposure to real estate uh, without having to be a landlord and deal with all the headaches. Um, for, I think for as little as $500 you can get started, um, you can as you get your account set up you can choose uh one of three investment plans um one that is focused on generating income uh specifically like dividends um so an income generating there's one that's focused more on long term growth so probably a, a longer you know time frame there and then there's one kind of in the middle that's a little bit of a blend um i've invested in the the long term growth one um so one with the the longer time horizon and so far you know uh, I think I, my first investment was on January 23rd. So a little over a month into it. Um, and I've actually reinvested a few times. Um, so just to, to get my feet wet and see how things gone. So far, I've earned $4.23 in dividends. That's based on a $1,000 investment and then 500 and then another 1000 just recently. So really, you know, about $1,500 invested. I've earned 4 Dollars twenty three cents uh, in dividends. So um, the whole process is very smooth. I mean, it's it's basically choose your fund, add add money to your account, and uh, their interface does a good job of just kind of letting you know where things stand. Um, because that's one thing that you know when you invest in something that you don't have specific control over, uh, you kind of want to see what's going on with it. And it, uh, the dividends are paid out, and it reflects pretty instantly. and um, overall the, the experience has been good so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, what's amazing is that, um, so I think what tends to happen is that when markets get, uh, really hot in terms of we've been in a long bull market, um, some people who want to manage downside risk of a market correction will move into spaces like real estate because it's a bit more stable over the long run. And I think, um, to your point kind of earlier, if you had to do that yourself, there's all this headache, right? There's finding the right location, there's buying the property, there's managing the property and the tenants, maybe building the property and then managing it and managing the tenants. And the cool thing about Fundrise is you don't have to do any of that. Um, And I think the interesting thing for the business of Fundrise is that the thing that probably slows any major uh, real estate investing firm down is capital. And so rather than hunting down more uh, big LP type partners with millions of dollars. They can open it up to the crowd, to people with a thousand or five thousand or ten thousand dollars, to pool together these funds and give them leverage um, for buying and building new real estate locations. So I think you're you're sort of helping each other. I feel like Fundrise gets helped by having uh, more capital um, and maybe more stable sort of capital flowing in, and then you're helped because you don't have to do any of the work. They're the experts and ideally they're as transparent as possible, which it sounds like um, they've both tried to be simple but also transparent. And I wonder if there's some yeah. opposing forces there, like transparency versus you know uh, simplicity. Maybe that's a, a crux of, of a user experience for a fintech app.
1: Yeah, I think they actually do a really good job of uh, providing the detail of what's going on, like more so than I would even expect. I've gotten a few emails about, like new projects that have come on board and, you know, I haven't really dug into too much of the details, but it's just good to see an email like, Hey, we bought a, we, you know, started a new project in Charlotte, you know, or, you know, whatever. And I'm looking at my, my dashboard and, you know, there's a, there's a display with a grid of four photos on a project that's going up in Austin, Texas that shows it, you know, in construction. And there's a, a chart here with, you know, different projects of the 53 projects that I'm, you know, involved in, it shows, you know, what blend is uh, debt financing. So what is involved in like, lending money out, and what's involved in the actual equity. And it shows on a grid where uh, each one of these projects falls on kind of a, a rating scale of, you know, A one all the way down to E one, which I assume means, you know, A one is probably your your low risk, high um, stability. E are probably more like growth opportunity areas um, and it shows a projected return. So it, I mean, it, it does a very good job of showing you kind of what you're buying into because it, I can see how this, and sometimes you get this feeling with, you know, stocks and things like that, but like, it seems like a black hole, but they do a good job of kind of filling that void there for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the, the real option here that you have, if you're interested in something like Fundrise, it's fundrise.com. Uh, again, we don't provide any investment <laughs> advice. Do your own research. Uh, we're not we're not prompting anyone to buy anything. Um, we're just trying to explain what is out there in terms of things that you can look into. But um, what's really interesting about Fundrise is that it's and this I, I I think people couldn't say outright is is true, but I think this is at least the general thesis, which is instead of buying the ultra safe uh, bonds, let's say which don't really give you much of a yield, why not jo- jump into real estate, which is fairly um, fairly safe. You know, land is scarce. Uh, we always need a place to live. Um, so you can get a bit more of a gain on your money, but with still a similar safety profile. Now, obviously, we've had dips in the market like in 2008, which um, maybe would change that. But I think over the long run, you know, my thesis just in land being scarce uh, and people always needing to, to have a place to live and, and to pay rent, I think it is a sort of sweet spot in the middle between uh, stocks and between bonds. So I feel like finally we have, it's not stocks or bonds, now it's stocks, bonds, and real estate. And um, I feel like it feels pretty foundational for a portfolio. Like I, 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 want, I sort of want exposure in that category to uh, hedge against Market developments over the next few decades, and I think it feels like a scarce resource. I feel good about it, you know.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I feel the same. Um, and it it's just great because it feels like it's a asset class that you know was reserved for those that had a ton of capital. But again, with you know a fundrise, you can start to leverage into something like this with you know as little as five hundred dollars rather than you know a down payment for an entire property and taking on the risk of the loan and and all the headaches that you've already mentioned for a very small advisory fee They're, i think their advisory fee is like a quarter percent so yeah you know
0: reasonable now how how can you how liquid is this capital can you get your money out of uh you know how how locked up are you
1: um, that's probably something I don't know as much as I should, just because my time horizon, it's not a factor for me. Um, I, I do know that you, you can get out of it. I don't know. Uh, I can report back on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah maybe there's some type of uh, fee they have where if you pull out and, you know, within a certain amount of time, I'm sure they make it somewhat liquid, but, um, there's maybe a penalty or something like that. So no worries. We can jump into that next time, um, in the future on episodes, I'd love to hear how the portfolio is doing. Um, yeah. And I think that's the fun part about the show is we can always kind of update and uh, report back with things that we're, we're testing out ourselves. Uh, let's, let's move on from fundrise fundrise.com. We're going to link it up in the notes. Um, check it out. If that, if real estate exposure is interesting to you um, let's jump into just some other new products that we're seeing pop up or at least new to our radar uh, something Something I saw online that was very interesting to me is this company called Cherry. And uh, it's startcherry.com. And it's a company that's building uh, into the employee perks space. And I know that employee perks aren't exactly what you think of when you think of finance or when you think of fintech. But I think in the realm of finance and saving is obviously your work overlaps in that right your paycheck the perks you get at work are they investing in your are they helping you invest by matching some of your investments are they covering your health care so really I think today um, we still are very much tied in with our employers when it comes to um, some of our investing uh, habits and opportunities so start cherry is basically this choose your own perks program that is baked right into slack So uh, if you're a team, if if you're a company and you use Slack, you can integrate Cherry into uh, the Slack profile and essentially get votes from your employees based on what type of perks that they want within your company. Um, So you can sort of set this budget of how much you want to spend on perks per employee. And those employees through the Slack sort of bot can pick and choose from almost like a menu of perks. You know, you can get uh, Blue Apron delivered, you can get access to Skillshare, you can get uh, Spotify credits, you can get um, Calm.com credits. So it's this really kind of innovative, innovative approach of almost letting your employees pick the perks that they want most based on a set budget um, of your choosing. So, yeah, I, I just think it's really it's really interesting to start thinking about this overlap of our work uh, and our investments and perks in this kind of middle ground between the two.
1: Yeah. And I think it's cool to be able to give your employees something that may be more valuable to them than, you know, something that may go unnoticed. If you, you know, throw a $15 bonus in their check, they're probably not going to, they may not even notice it. Um, But, you know, getting them a subscription to spotify or being able to them select what is most valuable to them is is a pretty cool way to kind of turn that um reward system around and and kind of let them feel a little bit more um rewarded it's kind of the the most valuable way to allocate that money out to
0: your employee which is a cool way to think about it yeah, and and the reason for perk programs. What's what's the reason for perk programs? Well, part of it is to keep you happy at work and to retain you as an employee. And uh, one thing that's pretty interesting is if you think about your your company covering your Lyft rides, covering your Netflix account, covering your Spotify account, covering your uh, daily Blue Apron meal. I think it's actually much more real. In terms of your attachment to a company, um, and so you know, both for the benefit of the employee, but also for the benefit of the company, if you leave that company suddenly, it's like, man, now I got to pay for my Spotify, my Lyft, my ClassPass, my Blue Apron. Like suddenly, yeah. you're, so I, I think it's a it's smart in that it's both better for the employee, but I think also ultimately it's it's better for the company. Um, they get to understand more about their employee needs because they see where people are voting effectively with their money. Um, And, you know, if you don't have to spend money on your Spotify or ClassPass, you could invest it.
1: Mm I think it's pretty cool.
0: So traditionally, you know, companies, and I think this is why we're, so why is Cherry popping up now? Um, I love the distribution channel through Slack. I think integrating in the space where people already are is very smart. But why would Cherry launch now? Why does it make sense? Well, I think another thing is uh, we've got distributed teams who can't all utilize the typical resources of a physical space uh, for an employer. So you know, if you think about a company building out an on-site gym, or they put a espresso machine in the office. Well, we need more opportunities for distributed perks that assist employees who aren't coming into a physical location. So, uh, my oh. kind of prediction here is we're going to see more companies like Cherry, there is a, you know, 1000s thousand, of companies who have budget for perks that are spending on classic perk programs that yeah. can, you know, create their own bundles of whatever they want for distributed teams that the employees now have power over what they want, man, I, I think that's going to take off. And I think it's a, a big space uh, for people to play in bigger than um, I think bigger than people think.
1: Yeah. I think the personalization is, is great. I mean, you know, you think of the typical things you have like a pizza party or you have like a happy hour or something like that. Half your, half your uh, employees may not even like that. Yeah. Maybe it may be a, a negative to them that they have to go to this happy hour. So let's give them something they want. You know, I think it's, I think it's great for, for both ends. It's better use of the money um, on the business side. And it's something that's more valued. You're letting, giving people a choice. And I think in most work situations, people want to feel like they have more control and choice. So I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, totally. So I think this is a good way to bridge that. That was startcherry.com. Put that in the notes. Previously it was fundrise.com. We were discussing uh, I think that bridges us really nicely to this other application that I've seen called Catch, catch.co. Uh, and just a reminder to anybody listening, we have an Airtable, uh, f- like essentially it's a big spreadsheet, that has all of the different applications that we find uh, online that you can view. Just check out our Twitter at New Money List, um, and you'll be able to find this table, which basically has all the products we're talking about, so you can find them um, with ease. But So let's connect... Uh, Cherry, which is this perks program, to this other app I just saw pop up called Catch, and Catch is also about benefits um, for your empl- from your employer, but it's sort of bundling a different version of them. So Cherry is like we'll bundle up your Netflix and your Spotify, etc. Now Catch is a it's a YC com- company, a Y Combinator. Um, I think they just came out of the latest round and they're essentially trying to bring together all of the different major uh, perks that we typically see within a company. So your healthcare, booking your time off, covering your taxes and planning for retirement. Catch wants to be the one-stop app where you as an employee can sign in and um, not only see what, what all you have, but also kind of keep things up to date. Um, and possibly even start adding to some of these uh, savings accounts like a Roth IRA, et cetera. So what I really see, I guess, with Catch is it's another employee perk program, but it, it's more about centralizing all of the things that are already happening into one app and into one place. So rather than having this all scattered, just show me all of my company major perks in one place. Um, and it looks it looks like great... UI, UX, you know, I think that's really, I guess the innovation is is just tying it together.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think you nailed it. I've, you know, I work with a lot of different types of businesses and business owners. And that's one of the things like as they uh, scale into having employees and offering coverages and things like that, it's one of the most painful points for them is, all right, I got to go find this. And then I got to go find someone else to do that. It's just, it's a big headache. So for them to uh, bundle this together in a, in a very scattered um, market where, you know, you have to go this place for retirement and this place for something else, it it's, uh, seems to have this bundled approach uh, centralized, like you called it, seems to be something that's going to help a lot of people um, have a one-stop shop and just check that box and move on with their life, which is what a business owner wants in that situation.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's almost like helping the business owner manage the investments and tax planning for on behalf of your employees. Um, So I know that part of it is like, it'll track your tax withholding. um, And it'll track sort of time off and and retirement. So you can kind of like at a glance, this is what I think they're getting at. I'm sure it's not all the way there yet. um, Because it's a newer platform. But at a glance, as a business owner, like you were just saying, suddenly you feel confident in knowing where everyone else is at on your team, in your company, um, in terms of what perks they have, how much they're saving, is tax being withheld, uh, you know, necessary. Um, so it's probably transparency for both the business owner and that peace of mind, but also for the employee. Um, so yeah, another another chip away. <laughs> this This whole fintech space is just... It's You're it taking all the
1: difficult legacy institutions and yeah. just streamlining everything. It, uh, I can see this being positioned very well for first-time uh, business owner or someone who's hiring their first employee, and uh, they just want someone to come fix everything. And that's what they. All, I mean, most of the people that I work with in that boat, they just they would kill for to have something that uh, would just make it all easy. And it seems like that's what they're doing.
0: So here's uh prediction two. prediction. One today, this week is going to be that the perks idea, like that we're just going to see a lot more companies moving into the perk space. Cause I think it's a, it's a bigger opportunity. I think prediction two is that stripe. Uh, I would love to see someone like a stripe, which is actually collecting payments on behalf of the company, integrate um, some of this sort of payroll benefit uh, and just put it all in one place. You see exactly how much money's coming in the door um, and your, you know, tax withholding within Stripe. I think that sounds really interesting. Um, I don't know if they'd make that acquisition, but I think they're also potentially primed in this space to take over some of the stresses of the business owner, uh, like like that. Um, so that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's a process that I work with people um, yeah. as a outsourced CFO, um, just making sure that we're allocating and earmarking. Um, funds that should be reserved for payroll uh, taking it out of like your operating account and putting it aside so that when you go to run payroll the money's there Um, I think what you're what you're talking about is is, uh, like an iteration of that idea um, using that kind of technology which would help a ton of people it's one of the biggest hardest things for people um, definitely
0: yeah. And that's probably why it's also, we're going to probably see a lot of different companies trying to attack this because it's such a hard problem to sort of get right and to like solve and, and maybe each company needs something slightly different. So yeah, I guess yeah. the addendum there is that it, this is, it's almost like project management software. Like there's just so many different project management apps, but I think it's yeah. really because different people get comfortable with different applications. And, and even if you have a project management app, we still have to have people working on facilitating it and an update. Like there's just so much here. Um, so I think these things will help, but uh, yeah, maybe there's multiple companies entering that space and, and there's still sort of a lot there. Um, let's uh, let's, let's jump to our last product. Is there anything else you want to cover with that? No, I like it. Let's yeah. Move so, on. so let's, let's jump um, to the last product, uh, which is this, Trypointcard.com. Something else I saw pop up. Um, point card is effectively a uh, direct to consumer. I, I don't. I think we need a term for this. Actually, there's. I, I'm trying to think of how can we describe banks that skip having physical retail locations. Um, I think that's like a term we need to come. Yeah, direct. Uh, to, yeah. Yeah. Web first. D to, so the, the first retail then would be like D2C, like direct to consumer. Um, so anyways, TriPoint card is a bank account that is built um, only as an app and as a card, at least for now. Um, there's no you know physical location for you to head into, but their pitch is effectively if you open an account with Point and if you get their debit card, uh, there's no overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No foreign transaction fees, no transfer fees, uh, and no fees at ATMs. So, once again, in this chipping away of the iceberg of fintech, mm-hmm. someone just said, "What if we just remove? You know, here's five headaches that happened with a traditional bank, and we are going to mm-hmm. remove all of them. And it's going to be ultra simple. A card. Uh, it's it's a bank that removes all of the penalties, <laughs> effectively." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I think you, you
1: nailed it when you were talking about unbundling of the financial world. And this is, this is just another kind of micro economy of, uh, taking very specific actions and building a platform and service around it, um, to kind of pry it out of the hands of the traditional banks. and you know, a lot of the products we've talked about so far are just taking these tiny actions and changing the reward structure, changing, you know, who is the uh, the person in, in charge here and, and just distributing it throughout all of these different types of apps and, and platforms. And I think it's great to see even people in the same type of uh, function or action trying something different and different ways to reward people to use their product and I think it can only be good for the consumer over the long run is, you know, there can be a lot of winners
0: in each one of these spaces based on, you know, what you value the most. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that we're now starting to see for the first time, the direct statement, and this is even on this website, goodbye bank. I mean, they're, they're directly saying, you know, leave your institution and and come over to us. We're going to treat you Better like this and I think your point about the consumer sort of benefit is that banks have an option which is competing they can remove these fees they can you know uh, and so I think either they will compete or they maybe they'll decide not to and some of this stuff will get chipped away we might find that consumers want to have a bundled experience um, that's possible but yeah very interesting to see this card um, pop up and there was something else interesting about this. Oh yeah. So I, I just opened a new bank account and I was shocked by the minimums, um, that you had to keep in your accounts. Like I opened a savings account and I don't remember if it was 300 or $600, but I basically have to keep that in at all times Or there's like a pretty severe only like $150 or something. Mm-hmm. And it just like, didn't make sense to me. Like I was meeting with someone and they're, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah, make they're, sense. Sur- they're super friendly. Like I was, yeah, I like the people I was working with and everything, but I'm just like, wait why and i think i think you know there's a lot of
1: those things in the traditional banking world where it's like why why that and you know having all of these companies like this pop up are going to just remove that why yeah and it's going to force the banks to either play ball or people will move on to uh kind of dispersed types of uh options
0: yeah, this is interesting. This is also why wide combinator back company. Um, last thing I was going to point out here, so uh, similar to the Perks company, Cherry, try point card. It actually um, gives you points. Well, this is such like a millennial, I guess, focus in some ways, but like it gives you points with like Airbnb and Uber and Lyft. So when you use their card, you get rewards like you would with any credit card, but Mm -hmm. it seems like they make it more specific to a certain demographic and what they would be spending it on. So if you like to go to Starbucks, if you like to use Uber, you'll get two X points on those companies. Um, So I think that's sort of interesting is that they're trying to sort of tailor the point bonuses based on where they think their demographic shops most. And I think uh, think banks smartly probably put their points on what the majority of, you know, benefits and points on and where majority of people shop. So this is definitely trying to take aim at a very small sliver of the segment um, of, of possible people to serve, but you can always expand outward past that.
1: So, yeah, you oh, probably ahead. know this a little bit better than I do. Uh, have you seen a debit card with
0: points before? I've never seen one. Um, I think, you know, square is what we brought up earlier. The square cash card uh, in a way feels like it has points, um, but it's yeah. not directly. Um, it's a good question. Why don't we look into that and maybe we'll try to bring that up next show. I've never seen a debit with points. Um, and this is maybe one of the first no transfer fee, especially in foreign transaction fees, um, accounts as well. I mean we use transfer wise on uh pretty frequently within my business and that has reduced fees. Um, but I'm sure this won't do everything we sort of need it to do. Um but yeah so that's that's trypointcard.com. Um and yeah man so much stuff happening uh why don't we wrap with <laughs> with another mysterious uh quote from Facebook. Do you want to pull up that that tweet we saw? Oh, yeah.
1: The Zuck coin.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe you can just read yeah. that that tweet from Nathaniel Popper.
1: Uh, let's see here. Facebook's new digital token is far enough along that they are talking to cryptocurrency exchanges about getting it listed. Current plan is for each coin to be pegged to a basket of foreign currencies to keep the value stable. So, The long rumored Facebook coin uh, seems to be uh, moving along. (laughs) Yeah, So uh, still, I think, you know, and it will be until they decide to release uh, more details. But details are very, very sparse at this point. But um, so much so that, you know, I think I'd even seen another tweet and you may have sent it to me that, it, it's a completely different key card, different access, uh, security yeah. access in the Facebook facility, so that a normal Facebook human can't get in there. You have to be on the the, the project. So you're keeping the uh, keeping details very close to the vest. But um, I think it's only good for this space, in my opinion. I'm just excited to see how it all plays out. Again, this is just an unbundling of the the banking industry, the peer-to-peer sending money to someone, um, traditional legacy institutions like a PayPal, a, uh, eBay, you know, kind of integrated into their Facebook's, um, marketplace. It's just taking that micro, um, transaction or even like the, uh, the leveraging the trust that people have in Facebook and the people that you've got a verified account, you're a real
0: human. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out yeah I mean most uh like in, in Asia payments through chat um, like WeChat is really common, so I think Facebook's going to try to replicate that in some way. It's interesting that they're going to try to potentially back that by a basket of foreign currencies um, Facebook's uh, becoming a bank by doing this I mean they have to hold they have to hold the reserve of this cash so their Facebook is a bank now will be a bank yeah, or they're going to attempt to be. Um, Street yeah, guy. very interesting. I think I need to like ponder this a little bit more because I feel like I'm, I'm having mixed feelings right now as I think about um, this potential and what Facebook wants to be versus what Facebook is, where I would be much more excited. And I think, uh, and this is maybe showing the competition in the space, is obviously Square is maybe thinking about something like this. But um, I think Reddit, Reddit is a huge opportunity. In fact, Reddit to me is maybe the biggest opportunity for launching a coin of a social network, and the reason is people are already buying um, fake Reddit coins and sending them to people as you know these like effectively tips um, and ways of sort of sharing love. so I think Reddit is maybe the sleeper in this uh, in this entire space as somebody who could implement payment options very naturally into a community. Um, Facebook obviously sketches me out from a security standpoint, uh, or being a bank, but I, I understand, I think you're right about what you're saying is they have that kind of verified profile. Um, so, you know, they, they definitely have a huge opportunity, uh, that is there. Uh, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. So,
1: yeah, I'm, it's an inch, it, yeah, I just want to, yeah, it's just awesome to see the biggest platforms in the world starting to go down this road. Cause it only means that, you know, this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, they are the leaders in technology and the leaders in technology decide
0: where we go. So, yeah. Yeah. And at least they're going to, yeah, take, they're definitely taking it serious and taking a crack at it. So, well, thank you everybody. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, give us a review. If you wouldn't mind, that would be awesome. Uh, find us on Twitter at new money list and um, we'll be back again uh, here shortly. Thanks, Mike. All right. See you next week, David. Yeah. Bye.